Welcome, everybody, to the Lockdown Lakers podcast. I'm Anthony Irwin. I am not joined by anybody for this show. It is going to be a solo show because it is, again, a Wednesday night that we are recording this. And on games where the Lakers play on Wednesday night, that just kind of sort of means that I'm not going to be able to find a guest for for this kind of late an hour. So still, the Lakers won. Uh, I guess if we were to, you know, if, if, if we were to be honest, I guess 79-3 and three would be okay for the Lakers' final record. It would be, you know, you'd like to see a little bit better record, but you, you take what you can. Uh, today's show, we are going to talk about Josh Hart being moved into the starting lineup. I, I, I think that says a lot, not just in terms of making the right decision and all of that, but in terms of, of the political ramifications that that might that move might hold. Uh, we've talked a ton about it, and I'm I, I was honestly a little surprised that the move was already made uh, in, in into what game four of the season. So so that was good to see. Lance Stevenson played really well, and I wanted to give him credit and talk about some of the things that he did that made him successful, not just in this game in particular, but in terms of what the Lakers are looking from him moving forward, and then. In the second segment, I want to talk about Kyle Kuzma, who had another solid game. It wasn't a 37-point per- performance, but it was, again, him looking a lot more comfortable out there on the court and what that might mean when Brandon Ingram comes back. And then in the last segment, I want to talk about Lonzo Ball and Rajon Rondo and, and some of the things that I've seen from Lonzo's game that I don't particularly like. Uh, it was a win, and and I, for the most part, I, I'm going to be really positive, and, and, and I'm happy about the way that the Lakers won. For example, I think it's really huge that the Lakers won going away in Phoenix uh, rather than, you know, slugging one out as they head back home to play Denver on a back-to-back, their first back-to-back of the night, uh, of the season. And, and, you know, considering the Lakers are playing shorthanded it's really important that they got the win the way that they did last night and and were able to rest guys who are going to be playing longer minutes in in what we hope is a, is a closer game uh between the lakers and and denver than we saw during the preseason when players were who matter were playing so uh, today's show is going to be brought to you in part by Mizuma and by Metro Infinity. More on both of those uh, partners in a bit. Let's start here with Josh Hart. And and my concern all along with, with this Josh Hart, uh, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, LeBron, Luke Walton, Lakers kind of dynamic, dynamic is that we, I wasn't sure if if a move was going to happen, I thought that K- KCP would get a lot longer of a leash for before that move actually took place. And I think that it took place when it did uh, says a lot about where Luke might be standing in the organization. I think there was some nervousness around the fan base, and, and, and frankly, I was a little nervous about his I, – and I, I remain a little – uh, I guess dubious of of how he might stand in the organization moving forward, but the fact that he was able to make this move with it being as obvious as one that needed to happen this early in the season, despite KCP having those clutch ties, I think that 
that's the kind of sign that you're kind of looking for if you're a Laker fan and you want to see Luke Walton succeed here. And and as we've talked about, at, Pete and I have said this on a couple occasions here, is Luke Walton succeeding would mean a ton for this in the entirety of the LeBron James tenure here because the Lakers don't really have time to, to see if they can find the right coach for, for this group of guys. And and if Luke Walton winds up just being that guy, then that's one less thing, and that's one less huge thing that the Lakers have to worry about moving forward. So so that was that was great to see. About Josh Hart in particular, he did all the things that you want Josh Hart to do. I mean, he finishes the game, he plays 28 minutes, uh, finishes one of three from three point range, five of nine overall. He finishes with only a plus, or no, wrong stat line. He finishes the game with 15 points, a plus 21 <laughs> uh, net, uh, net plus minus, five of eight from field, uh, four of six from three point range, and and he was just he just does all of those things that that. Frankly, KCP hasn't been doing. He he took a charge that was a big charge in the second quarter right after making a big steal. I believe that was even coming out of a timeout. Uh, yeah, it was the sidelines out of bounds play that he stole the ball from. And, and he was just, he just, those are the things that the Lakers kind of need from their fourth or fifth starter, right? Depending on how you feel about all the guys around him. And and with, with Josh Hart coming out there and being able to do those things, he set that huge pick that got JaVale loose on the on the very, very first play of the game that, that led to the uh over the top alley oop to start it. And and I just I thought that set the perfect tone for the reasons why people wanted to see him in the starting lineup. So so shouts to Luke. Way to go to Josh Hart for earning that spot, and and it looks like as of right now keeping it. Uh, I want to really quickly, yeah, I'll really quickly talk about Lance Stevenson. Uh, it, look, he finishes the game with 23 points and eight assists, only three turnovers. Which you know, considering how much he he had the ball, that's that's pretty impressive. He shot 10 of 14 from the field, and and I had a lot of people. Adding me saying, "Oh, this is I can't believe you still hate Lance." I, I look, I, I don't like Lance for other reasons, um, but I I do think when it comes to him as a basketball player, he did a lot of the things that that I was a little nervous about early on in the season. The dancing, and Luke said that late in the game, Lance started doing some more of the dancing, and that's something that he doesn't really want to see either. Uh, but it sounds like the communication is is there between Luke and Lance. As far as what the team is going to need him to do, the way he's going to have to play in order for the Lakers to be successful while he's on the court. I, I do think uh, I would like to, to see this consistently before I make any kind of sweeping judgments moving forward. Because I think at the end of the day, you, you, you just tend to regress back to your typical habits. Uh, but but where Luke does have a point though is on on his perimeter defense on ball he's great uh, on ball well not great but he's been he's been better than I thought he would be it's the off ball stuff where he falls asleep that I would prefer not to see a little bit but but overall he was the I, I thought he was huge especially in the second quarter I believe he came out and scored six straight points at one point in the second quarter and and helped kind of put the Suns away as much as you can put a team away in the second quarter. So so way to go to him. 
Uh, I, I, while Rajon Rondo has been out, and especially in last night's game, it was good to see him out there kind of running the offense. And, and that's the kind of thing that, that I, don't, I, I hope the Lakers don't need a bunch of because if they need that, that means one of Rajon Rondo or Lonzo Ball are going to be out. But it's good to know that on certain occasions he might be able to fulfill that need. All right, we're going to take a quick second here, and when we come back, we will uh, we will talk about Kyle Kuzma and Brandon Ingram, and and what the former's shown thus far, and 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 whether or not. And again, it's it's not it's not that I'm saying that Ingram shouldn't be playing. It's just I'm I'm interested to see how how Luke handles the rotation when Ingram comes back. Today's show is brought to you in part by Mizuma. Mizuma USA has has, has been incredible with us, and I, I want to make sure that we continue to support them. If you're a small business owner and you're and you're using anybody else for your bookkeeping, and especially if you're trying to do, to do it yourself, all that's doing is taking you away from the actual passion of whatever business that it was that you, that you got into it for. So if you need any kind of CPA work, any kind of bookkeeping work, any any accounting or tax help with tax, they're the people to call. I'm going to give you a number, 213-947-6926. Again, that is 213-947-6926. One last time, 213-947-6926. You're going to call them. You're going to get set up a free consultation. They'll figure out which package that you need. Packages started only $75 a month. And like I said, you get your team that either has a CPA, bookkeeper, accountants, any combination that you need. Mizuma, your small business's one-stop shop for bookkeeping, taxes, and unlimited accounting advice. All right, so let's uh, let's start here with with the Kyle Kuzma and Brandon Ingram dynamic, and and this is where I, I will probably stand throughout both of their careers. Maybe I don't know, uh, but but Brandon Ingram is probably the more talented overall player than Kyle Kuzma. He makes a bigger impact. What, what people tend to ignore is the defensive impact that Ingram has, and. And with that wingspan and with a lot of his, uh, you know, the, the athleticism vertically, not necessarily laterally, we haven't quite seen that from Ingram so so far in his career. But but just physically, he can be kind of imposing out there. And and the Lakers need that, really. And and look, Luke Walton said that, that the Lakers came out soft on defense when he was asked about it after the game, and he was right. And, and Phoenix just happened to be missing the shots that that San Antonio was making and and the defensive side of things is where Ingram is going to have a bigger impact. The question becomes whether you value offense more than defense with that starting group and that's going to be the question that, that Luke Walton has to ask himself. Now maybe you move Josh Hart out of the the starting rotation and you have Kyle Kuzma playing the two. That that seems to be where where Pete is kind of leaning towards. I don't know if I I would necessarily roll with that, but you know who knows. You just find minutes. I, I think you have to find Kuzma as many minutes alongside LeBron as you can, if you want to win games. If you want to invest in Brandon Ingram and find out what he can do next to LeBron, well then okay, then that's your that's your call as well. I, I think you might cost yourself a win or two over the course of that experiment. But when it comes to Kyle Kuzma, 
what I'm really interested in now is because of Jonathan Williams' emergence, and I think we're, we're what I think the Lakers are probably going to wind up doing here is using all of his two-way days before they make a decision here. Uh, because really, why make a decision before you absolutely have to? But it, it because of his emergence, I, I think it might be able to force Kyle Kuzma back into even if it isn't starting a role that he's more comfortable playing. And if he plays, what this probably means is Beasley's minutes are are altogether gone. But when Ingram comes back, maybe you start Ingram alongside LeBron and see how that looks at least for a little while. I think I think you do need to find out what what he can do there. But what I would probably do is is I would go with Ingram for a bit, pull him a little earlier than you would normally pull him. That way you can stagger his and LeBron's minutes a little bit better. Bring in Kuzma for for Ingram and then from there you kind of move forward and you try to get as many minutes with the combinations that make the most sense moving forward. Uh I, I that's how I would do it. I am not by any means saying that I am a better coach or anywhere near as smart basketball wise as, as Luke Walton is, but that's how I would prefer to see this thing kind of work out. Um, but, but again, I think a lot of credit needs to be paid to Kyle Kuzma for taking advantage of the opportunity and, and forcing us to kind of have this conversation of, well, wait, what do we take into account fit? as much as talent here. And and we wouldn't be having this conversation if Kuzma hasn't shown a lot of the things that he's been able to show. He finishes last night with 17 points on 7 of 15 shooting. He goes 0 for 2 from 3. Um, but, but you know, I, I think for, for the most part, he did a lot of the things that his mere presence on the court opens things up for the guys around him. And, and you can't say that about Ingram right now, unfortunately. Maybe over the course of the year, Ingram shoots the ball better to where you can feel a little bit more comfortable, uh, but that just that simply isn't the case right now. And uh, you know, some this wouldn't be the first time where a small sample size wound up ex- expanding over the course of of a season. Those those trends have to start somewhere, and I, I it's hard for me not to feel like we aren't seeing the beginning of a trend of which guy fits better than the other alongside LeBron. And and when LeBron is on your team, that's really kind of sort of the only question you have to you have to ask about all these guys is, all right, is if somebody wants to play consistent minutes, how do they fit next to LeBron? And and if if we still want to get that player consistent minutes, well, how can we stagger in a way in ways if he doesn't quite fit with LeBron that you can still optimize his skill set and LeBron's? And I think that's kind of sort of where we're heading with with Brandon Ingram. We'll see, we'll see. But I think that's where we're where we're uh, heading with Ingram. Last thing about Kuzma here is, I, and and this is a a Lakers wide point. But one thing that Luke Walton said that he wanted to see more often in terms of what the Lakers are doing. In transition is not necessarily you know one on one or two on one type fast breaks. He wants the Lakers coming at going at teams in waves. Get a rebound. Get four guys out there all running down the court in in unison, 
And that way you have options. Guys can run to three-point lines. Guys can fill lanes heading more towards the basket. Guys can take the ball towards the basket or towards shooters or towards whoever they're, they're, they're trying to facilitate for. And and with Kuzma in the lineup, that has just looked a little smoother. I, I think sometimes with Ingram out there, he because he isn't as comfortable shooting the, the corner three-pointer, he's filling lanes to a spot that he feels more comfortable. Unfortunately... That takes away half of of his the, the lane that he's filling. That takes away options there, and because Kuzma is comfortable finishing at the basket, and also as a corner three point shooter in transition, that gives the Lakers a few more options there. And 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 I think it's why over the course of of the season you're going to see transition games look a little bit smoother with LeBron in there with Kuzma because he's just able to do more or he feels confident doing more than Ingram does right now. We'll see how that plays out over the course of the season, though. All right, we're going to take another quick second here, and when we come back, I want to talk about Lonzo Ball and Rajon Rondo and whether the former has shown enough to to I don't, maybe not take the starting gig away from the latter, but at least kind of started planting the seeds there. We'll, we'll get to that here in a second. Today's show is brought to you in part by Metro Infinity. I remember as a kid, my parents bought a new car, and I kind of wondered why was everybody congratulating them? And then I just purchased a new car, and I realized why. (laughs) Buying a new car can be really stressful. Well, Metro Infinity gets it. They understand that you don't want to go through that kind of stressful experience and they're going to make that as 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 unstressful as that's going to be. You got to go to their brand new multi-million dollar facility and check out their selection of new and used cars. They're the only dealer in California that is family owned and have been in business for over 25 years. They're the number one volume dealer in California. So when you go, Tell them that you that I sent you. Mention Locked On or Locked On Lakers, and they'll give you $500 off any car purchase. Again, that's $500 off of any car purchase. Uh, you can visit them at MetroInfinity.com or give them a call at 626-599-7510, and they have all kinds of great deals. So go visit them. Mention Locked On. Save $500. Bucks. Let's get back to the show. So let's start here with Lonzo Ball and with Rajon Rondo. It's always been about comfort and trust with Luke Walton, with Magic Johnson, and with LeBron James between those two guys. And yes, I think obviously the health had a lot to do with with the way things were playing out. But I also think that when it comes to just, again, the politics of the way NBA locker rooms work, it it tends to come down to who do veterans feel, who does the biggest, loudest voice in the room feel the most comfortable with. And because he has seen Rajon Rondo have playoff performances, because veterans tend to favor other veterans, because he just, he he just, the Lakers have been going after Rajon for multiple years now at at opening day or at uh, whatever it is media day Rajon Rondo said that the Lakers first call two full summers ago was to Rajon Rondo to see if they can figure that out 
Now this year they make that same call, their their first call after LeBron, obviously in free agency, their next call was to Rajon Rondo and and if you if you value a guy the way that they value Rajon Rondo, they they're they're going to just kind of mention to Luke, "Hey, how how does Lonzo might look good, but how does Rajon look, right? Hey, I, Lonzo does this, 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 and this probably better on a more consistent basis than than Rondo does. But but really, how does Rondo look? That's I, I can't help but feel like that's how how conversations are going with these guys. And I, I don't know if we've seen enough from Lonzo over these last two games to to really make me feel confident in saying that he's going to keep the starting gig when when Rajan comes back. I just I don't quite see that right now. Maybe it'll take a little bit more time. Maybe eventually we'll get to that spot. I just think it's going to take a, a little bit more time. Uh although if if the Lakers do go out and beat Denver and and this is the same Denver team that frankly the Lakers weren't in the same class as it, when preseason started and and for decent reason right the, the Lakers were trying Kyle Kuzma out at the 5 they were still trying to figure out all these moving pieces and playing together on the court for the first times it you could see why Denver who returned just about everybody from their team last year everybody who mattered definitely and you could see why the Lakers would struggle against that kind of team. And if the Lakers either win, if they if the Lakers beat Denver, and Denver, by the way, is coming into this game looking like one of the better teams in, in the league, if the Lakers are somehow able to win this game, that's the kind of thing that really kind of and, – and Lonzo plays decently – and and has the kind of impact that he can have. I mean, he's going against Gary Harris, who has played like a superstar so far this this season. If if Lonzo Ball goes out there and and plays well, and the Lakers pull off a win against a Denver team that has frankly just been playing better than the Lakers and almost anybody in the NBA, almost the, the Warriors still exist, and and a couple other teams still exist. But if the Lakers go out and win, then you know, wins matter. And and while Rajon was was decent in in the game and, and and frankly objectively better than Lonzo Ball in the two games that he has played so far this year. But if if Lonzo goes out and and plays well and the Lakers win, then I I could see Luke kind of making the case as Look, we, we're on a two-game winning streak. I, I don't know about changing this starting group up, even as guys come back. Now, I, I, I could see him maybe making a, an exception because Brandon Ingram is the team's second-best player. Uh, it, Rajon Rondo just is not that. And and Ingram also is, is a, a very important player for the franchise moving forward, as is Lonzo Ball. And, and look, Rajon Rondo is only, while he is valued, and has been valued over the last couple off seasons. He is still only on a one-year deal, and if Lonzo Ball is playing well and fitting and learning to fit with LeBron, then I don't see why you mess with something that that is obviously not necessarily broken. But we'll see. I I would still probably predict. I I look. Unfortunately, by the time you guys are listening to this, I guess I should preview some of the game here. I do still think that Denver wins this one. They're just a tough matchup for the Lakers. They're big. Nikola Jokic picks apart 
all centers, let alone smaller ones. Uh, yes, Jonathan Williams has has come in there and reinvigorated a bench unit that was severely lacking in physicality. I One thing about Williams that I really like about him, and I noticed this over the course of this last game, is he just, on offense, he just looks for people to hit. Like He just, he, all right, uh, all right, you have the ball over there. If I can't get to you for an on-ball screen over here, well, then I'm just going to walk over here and see if I can un- open up a weak side shooter by bumping into his defender. If, if I can get all the way over there, I'm going to try to set as good a screen as I can. And then the other thing that he did that he showed a little bit of was being able to pick and pop from about 20 feet. I don't know if I want to rely on that very much, but I just like the the willingness and openness to get up there and mix things up, not just obviously with offensive rebounds and contesting people at the rim, but also on on offense, just going out there and, and just running into people. I, I think that's actually kind of sort of a, a, a valuable skill that that Michael Beasley hasn't shown so far. And Ivica Zubats has, has definitely not shown really anything this year. Uh, that that's, was nice to see. So the Lakers aren't quite the same team, obviously are not the same team that, that Denver saw earlier in the preseason. But I still think like that's a team hitting on all cylinders right now. And, uh, and, and it'll be a tough game. And, and the Lakers coming off of a back-to-back, albeit the, the first – and the front end of this back-to-back was a blowout, so guys are coming in more rested than they would usually be. Uh, but but it's going to be a tough game. That's that's as far as I'll, I'll, I'm willing to to go there. All right, I want to finish with the funniest thing that I saw from over the course of this last game. Again, the Lakers beat the Phoenix Suns one thirty-one to one thirteen, and the funniest thing that I saw was poor. If you look at the if you look at the box score, you see Kyle Kuzma plus 13, LeBron James plus 19, JaVel McGee plus 22, Lonzo Ball plus 4, Josh Hart plus 21, Jonathan Williams even, Steve McKaylook plus 4, Lance Stevenson plus 6, Contavious Caldwell Pope plus 5, Evita Zubats minus 4. <laughs> Oh man, it's a bummer. It's it's I I don't mean to pick on the guy, and and I am kind of sort of picking on the guy, but he gets in there and and he gets blocked at the rim. Uh, he just poor guy. We'll, we'll we'll see if maybe he can turn things. I no, he can't turn things around. He's he probably needs to be waived for his own good. Really, hopefully, look maybe maybe some team if the Lakers do waive him. They look at it and say, well, it was just a bad situation. And it really is a terrible roster for him to be on. They are playing in, 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 a, in a fashion that does not suit his game whatsoever. So maybe if there's any team out there that is playing at a really slow pace and there really aren't very many teams, I think everybody, every single team is playing at a faster pace than just about anybody did last year. It's, it's early and those paces will slow down. But maybe some team will take a chance on him and say that the change of scenery will help him. But it doesn't look like it's going to work out here in L.A. And uh, and and that box score <laughs> really, really speaks to that. That'll do it for this episode of the Locked on Lakers podcast. Again, brought to you by Mizuma and by Metro Infinity. Uh, thanks for checking this one out. 
Look forward to tomorrow's episode with Pete where we'll look back on the entire week and look ahead to the weekend. Have a great rest of your day and we'll talk to you then.